Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Pooba, Senator, Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some bourbon, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 10th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We'll discuss our first bourbon pairing from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and a wild documentary about Pappy Van Winkle, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar and enjoy as we pair Eagle Rare Bourbon with Drew Estates Liga Pravada Number no. 9 in Toro. I gotta be honest, guys, this is a really, really good looking cigar. I've never had one of these, the Liga Pravada Number no. 9. New World, of course, Nicaraguan origin. And it has a Connecticut wrapper, correct? Oscuro? Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Is that right? Yeah, a squirrel. And then uh, it has a Brazilian binder. And the filler is made uh, of Honduran and Nicaraguan leaf. So pretty cool. Provided by Bam Bam tonight. Thank you, Bam. Yep. And uh, let's cut this, boys, and see what the uh, cold draw is. Smells good. The wrapper smells awesome. It does smell great. It's like a sweetness, right? Like like raisins, chocolate. Yeah, raisins. Yeah, I get raisin, too. I haven't had this cigar in at least eight years. Wow. Yeah. But prior to that, I had it many, many times. So this is a very popular cigar, right? I mean, this whole line? It's very difficult to find right now. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Do we know? The demand is sky high. Mm. Also, Grinder made a good point. The leaf itself is difficult to grow in quantity, so it's not readily, readily available. Got it. Apparently. It almost looks like a Maduro wrapper, but it isn't. It smells really nice. Yeah, on the it's wrapper. delicious. I have to yeah. say the wrapper smells. The cold draw is amazing. fantastic. It's a really yeah. neat looking cigar. It has a sheen on it. That's I mean, it just mm. um, you can see the oils coming out of this wrapper, right? I mean, and the construction looks really. It great. looks really well made. Yeah. Yeah, it's like borderline rustic. It's got like a rustic finish to the wrapper, but it's really beautifully yeah, made. Seams are tight, but. Toothy yep. wrapper. I, the, my, cold, my cold draw is that kind of perfect, just a touch of resistance. It's not like wide open, but it's, it's really, really nice. So if this tastes anything like it smells, I think it's a home run. Yeah. Right? All right, it boys, let's delicious. light it up. The Liga Pravada number nine in Toro, made by Drew Estate. It's six inches by 52. 
Very nice in the hand. Um, clearly well made. I mean, I'm really looking forward to having my having my first one of these. <laughs> really nice on the light. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh oh. No, it's good. Great combustion. Good amount of smoke. Wow, it's pretty. It's it's on the light. It's re it's really nice. It's really nice. I would say this is medium, medium full, right? Definitely a medium to it's full cut, cigar. Yeah. On it. I think medium full. Yeah. yeah. Spicy. A lot of flavor right off the bat. Rich cigar. So, Bam, how much did you get these for in retail? What were they, about 11, 11 50? I think closer Se to 17. 17 oh, shit. 25. Okay. Yeah. It was on the Thank you, Rooster. Plus tax. Plus tax. So, what's the filler? I'll send you all my invoices. <laughs> we know. <laughs> the filler is. We'll uh, pay by check. It's Nicaraguan and Honduran. The blend. Blend. Yeah. And then the binder is Brazilian. And if I'm not mistaken, the seed, that's a Cuban seed that they use. I think it's like you're seven, right. seven different blends. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Liga, but from what I've, at least the little that I've read, I think their whole philosophy, they blend a lot of very different tobaccos in their cigars. They don't make a lot of puros or, you know, stuff that some of the other brands would do. It, it's just this melting pot of a whole lot of different flavors. Yeah, it's a creative process. He, Jonathan Drew's a creative guy. He's pretty eclectic, right? I yeah. Mean, he's funky. Yeah, he's a funky dude. He's a yeah. funky guy. Cool clothes and stuff. He's well, got like his own clothing line. What about line. the acid, acid cigars? Was that, that was Drew's state, That's him. Right? That is, yeah. That's him? Yeah. So this, this cigar actually, um, not this cigar particularly, but the Liga Pravado line, I love this line. I smoke a lot of these cigars. Um, the T fifty two actually, um, Pagoda and I were talking earlier. It's a good. It's a, that's my favorite Liga cigar. This is this is kind of like their, I don't know what you call it. Like their, um, you know, their ultra premium. No, or? no. It's they're all Ligas. All, all Ligas are are kind of priced the same. Mm -hmm. But the number nine is like their flagship. Um, and what makes it unique? This line historically has been the wrapper, and to what. What Bam was saying earlier is the wrapper is very unique to Liga. It's grown on a special farm in Connecticut. And I believe, maybe a listener can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they, you know, Connecticut shade, but ultra, it's kind of, it, I think it is aged. And it's, you can tell it's very oily, very rich. The aroma is very rich. The taste is smooth, but, but heavy and hearty. Um, the smoke is really Tremendous output on smoke, very consistent. Um, yeah, I mean the the thing about this 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 cigar, like he 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 has these these legal lines. The T fifty two. What was the other one you were saying? The the number nine, and I think then it's a lot of different sizes. Well, the size is. Uh, I think they're 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 they kind of really got their footing in the. Uh, the double Corona, which was like a 94 rating from CA, and it was like in the top 10 one of those years. Um, and, you know, since then, it's been, a, it's been a fan favorite for many cigar smokers. Including me, I think when I started off and I was trying a lot of different cigars, um, um, somebody introduced me to uh, the Liga number nine, uh, double Coronas. Uh, it became my go-to for quite some time, I remember. But this is quite a few years ago. Uh, fantastic cigar. It was... A little expensive for me in those days. It was around 20 bucks in New York City, um, but fantastic. I used to love it because, you know, you could light one up, spend a good amount of time uh, smoking a great cigar, great combustion, you know, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of spiciness. It's just great. Um, uh, I'm more of a number nine fan uh, than the T52s for some reason. Uh, I'm happy we're smoking the number nine today. So, so what? Yeah. What would you say is the difference? I mean, guys that have smoked these, I've always seen the the nine and the fifty, the T fifty two. What is it from the? It's from the same line, right? Liga Pravada. But what's the difference between these? I happen to think it's probably the strength and flavor. Where I find the T fifty two to be smoother than this cigar. Um, they're both, I think, quite tasty, but the T fifty two to me is a bit smoother. I mean that 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 checks for me because yeah. I like a smoother cigar um, these days. Look at the smoke coming out I of I can't this. believe it. There's so much. Right? I mean. If you hold it 
I can barely see you from across the room. If now. you hold it vertically, look <laughs> at how the smoke kind of climbs up the cigar. So one thing uh, I want to uh, say about the Liga Number Nine, it was uh, really interesting. I used to smoke uh, at a shop called uh, Nat Sherman in the city for quite a few years, and ended up meeting a lot of interesting people. And what I found was that a lot of the guys who really enjoyed uh, the number nine, as opposed to the T52, we all um, kind of uh, liked uh, similar cigars. Uh, um, like we uh, really enjoyed a lot of uh, the foundation cigars uh, in terms of uh, the Tabernacle, uh, the Gigrense. Um It was just really interesting. And a lot of the guys who liked T52s weren't that fond of the foundation. And it was always on and off and um, always interesting conversations around that. Uh, but yeah, meaning it seems like uh, there seems to be somewhat of a divide between the number nine and the 52s. Um, for some reason, I've always enjoyed the number nine more. I haven't tried many of the T52s, but I think as my palate has changed, I'm definitely going to give it a try. Yeah, I've. it's coming back to me. I've smoked... Um so now that I'm smoking this cigar, um, my wife's uncle, uh, who who's retired now but was in the cigar business, he would gift me like copious amounts of ligas. And I have some of these in my humidor. And when we talked about um, this episode, I don't smoke many of these, but I've smoked or and I hadn't paid attention because he's always like he, he's such a big Liga fan. But every time I'd sit out with him, uh, and it was usually around the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we would, he, he'd give me a Liga. And I always associate this cigar with him and sitting out, and I've always enjoyed them. I just, I, I haven't been an adopter of the brand, but I can see why he really loves them. When You know, I've mentioned this before, when you sit and you talk and you think about the cigar like we do in the, on, on the pod, um, it makes you actually focus on it more because we would just be talking. And this is a real, I mean, for me right now, this is a really good cigar. I agree. Completely. I, I mean, it's really tasty. The combustion's really great. Um, uh, to Rooster's point, like, you, you know, the smoke output is just off the charts. Yeah. Rich, thick, oily wrapper. Um, it's a rich, meaty cigar. It really yeah. is. Like, what kind of notes? What notes are you getting right now, guys? I'm definitely getting some raisin, like cocoa, chocolate, deep, like dark chocolate notes. A little bit of espresso. Like, yeah. A little coffee. Like dried fruit, kind of. Yeah. There's a, yeah. The, there's like a dried fruit to it. It's the I, the the wrapper. I just keep looking at the the appearance of this the cigar. It's so oily. It's a sexy and it's cigar. It's toothy. It's a kind of a sexy. It's very cigar, sexy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good point. And and it feels really good. The the Toro is a great a great shape. Um, this is a trip. I mean, this is going to be a a nice a long sit with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A big smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's cloudy in here. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely clouding up. I mean, the smoke output is. Is this copious amounts of smoke that are? It's like <laughs> we're I half an like inch I'm, in. I feel like I'm in a chimney right Senator, now. Senator, can you please get the fan girl in here, please? It's like <laughs> fucking incense burning, right? But I think it's it speaks volumes to what this uh, to to the amount of smoke that this cigar puts out. It's it's um, beautiful, and I'm only I'm look I'm looking around the room, and there, well, Bam, Bam infam, infamously smokes very quickly. I'm looking around the room and everybody's like an inch in and the room is packed with smoke. <laughs> I mean, the combustion on this thing is, a, is, is a, as Pagoda would say, a 10. A 10. <laughs> For me, For me, the combustion let is me a tell 10. You. Let me, let tell, me you. tell you, it's a 10. And I, and I do think, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the draw... The draw in this this book output uh, doesn't matter a lot to me for some reason. <laughs> I think this is something I would really enjoy smoking on the deck in the summer. I think this would smoke really well outside. Yeah, the morning before breakfast. <laughs> a little uh, strong for that. No. <laughs> you can see that the the wrapper is pretty thick. I mean, I think this would handle golf or outdoors. I think this would handle absolutely. it quite well, like yeah, a this Padron. Will anything. Yeah, this will handle Jesus. anything, absolutely. The wrapper is substantial. Really nice cigar. I'm I'm really happy because um, 
about trying this tonight uh, because it's it's probably no secret for the listener if you I I, I tend to smoke more old world cigars than new world um, uh, so this for me is 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 great because it, it's forcing me to 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 kind of expand my uh, my horizons a little bit and it's very very enjoyable this is a very enjoyable cigar very enjoyable I'm getting that current definitely the dried fruit I don't know who said that Yep. I feel like I'm having like like you're saying dried fruit, but I'm sipping like a an americano or something from Starbucks. It's kind of giving me that type of vibe and uh, a flavor. It's full, but it's not strong yet. But I can imagine this thing picking it's up. It's definitely like going to pick gonna, up. It's going to accelerate big time down the stretch. So for guys who have smoked other ligas, are are they all relatively strong, as in full flavor, full bodied cigar? Because this has got yes. a ton of flavor. Mm-hmm. Yes, most of them are. Flavor ton of flavor they're not known for lighter bodied sticks i'm impressed yeah are they typically all all like honduran blends or um i think that i'm not sure about that i think they i think the the binder and filler are pretty variable the wrapper i know is pretty consistent Mm. like i said they use this wrapper in pretty much the entire line and what's the size of t52 is a 52 ring gauge well, the T52 comes in different sizes. Yep. Um, oh, just like that. the Liga Provada comes mm-hmm. in different. The number nine comes in different sizes. Like you can have a number nine as a flying pig, which is this like short, like, I don't I know. Love, if you know Perfecto. I love that cigar. It's a good cigar. Yeah. But they make, they make the flying pig in their entire line. They and they make, make those cor- in Undercrown too, right? Yeah. Yeah. They make their, their Corona, their double, I think they call it Doble Corona or something. Co- corona Doble. Canor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the in the entire line. That's the Cuban name for Toros. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. But that's the, so that the the Corona the double Corona in T fifty two is what I smoke a lot. I used to smoke a lot of, and then the number nine. I I never it just never really. I think it was probably because it was too harsh, but right now I'm smoking it. It's like not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's. I'm not recollecting that. The, the the memory and the in the reality right now are not syncing up. Right, I, I mean I think the beauty with these in in, in a lot of the really because this is this is clearly a premium cigar and and I think the beauty with these is the creativity that goes into the blending. It's not a puro. It, it's it's it, this is this is this is true and I think with new as I'm opening up a little bit more to 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 more new world cigars. Um, they're able to create the these blenders are are able to create really unique flavor profiles and really balanced cigars that are that have a lot of merit. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of like finding for your palate what's going to work for you. So the possibilities, it's almost like you, you, they're taking literally tobacco from all these different regions and they're blending them together to just come up with these endless kind of flavor profiles that can suit a lot of different people. It's true. I mean, it, it goes back to the the Davidoff Chef's Edition episode we had. I mean, that was a blend of tobaccos from all over. I remember Giz mm-hmm. giving us kind of the rundown, and um, that was an outstanding cigar. I mean, we all rated that very high. Very and, high. And uh, the flavor that this puts out with this blend of seven different tobaccos, it, it's really, really impressive. I think it, I think it does go, that create creativity element also kind of reflects the like drew drew estate i don't forget his name what's his jonathan name? drew jonathan drew yeah because he's like we said earlier he's kind of you know he's interesting character I, I went to i went to cigar fest like twice um and he's always there with like crazy haircut and tats and wild t-shirts just like you know slamming shots with the average joe but one of the things that he's known for as we talked about earlier is the acid right and the acid is a is not a traditional cigar smoker cigar but he's willing to try different blends different tobaccos do different things and as a result he's made he's made relationships with all these different growers around you know in different regions because he's always trying to attract different flavors and that's why you get this like pretty well balanced cigar that has all these different flavors and you know that's he's he's doing a great thing for his business as well because of those relationships he has these distribution he has these distribution channels that not many people do. Like he he distributes the the like all of Hoyo de, de Nicaragua. 
which is a cigar line I love, he distributes them because he has these because he's been selling acids for years and just like laying down the revenue. He's just been there's so much revenue associated with those re- those Javas and, and acids. You know, they're like a, they're like a gateway drug to cigars. <laughs> they're like a it's like a lot of people out there start out and they start smoking these flavored cigars. I mean, no, are they for me? No. They shouldn't be for anyone, for the record. Well, I'm sorry, I, I hate them, but I, but well, I like I it think, as a I, I like it as a welcoming tool into the hobby. There are people. You know, there fair. are there, there are people. I have friends I, who are very very casual cigar smokers, who I've seen start out and smoking acid, smoking Javas, and then like they'll gra- you know they'll graduate up towards you know a non flavored cigar. I've just seen it happen. Um, it's a very, from a business perspective, from a commercial perspective, he's smart and, and, and Drew estates that the company is smart because they're, they, they understand the market. And, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it, there's a lot of different people to serve. There's casual, more casual cigar smokers who smoke one cigar a month, two cigars a month. And maybe they only even just smoke them in the summer or when they're playing around a golf. And you know what? Like a Java is gonna is gonna float their boat. I mean, you, sell you, them. That, I mean, who cares? Sell them. Yeah, that those cigars, the acid, and all the you know, there's multiple sizes and flavors, flavors and stuff, right? They sell. But when you smell, when you smell it, like not smoke it, but when you're around people who are smoking that, oh, you can smell it. It's like a potpourri. It's like someone lit an incense yeah, candle. It, it doesn't smell like a cigar. It doesn't smell like no. tobacco. Yeah. No, it does <laughs> not. It, no, it so, doesn't. Look, I think what Poop is trying to say is a lot of these marginal guys that are marginally considered cigar smokers, they'll go for the flavored cigars. And I know a lot of guys like that too. And I get aggravated at them. Why are you smoking that when you can smoke this? That's what I think to myself. But I, I think just, we've uh, I think we've one, all been on the journey of of developing a palate, right? I mean, I guess we've all been. Now at the hold point. on, when I I, I ne- I've never had a flavored cigar. Now I've only started smoking. I've only been smoking cigars for about fifteen years. You never had a backwoods? No, as a kid or a Philly Blunt <laughs> with the blueberry <laughs> strawberry blueberry note. <laughs> Cherries. Yeah, we, we use Philly. a Philly Blunt to no. for different things. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think my first backwoods was like twelve. When bass I knew <laughs> when I knew nothing about cigars, I always considered flavored cigars to be kind of like that gimmicky type of thing. It it, it wasn't a cigar to me. It was just something else. So I now just, I know where you're going. There's a it, it's a business. I get, right. I get it. That, I get it. I get it. That's the thing. I, I want to go where Bam's going. So I, I Puba's point is is well taken. In totally that. It's well a business. Taken. There's a market for it. There's no question about any of that. And to people who like to buy those cigars, God bless them. I'm just going to say, uh, you know, as a lizard and a cigar smoker, I'll never forget. I, I started really getting into cigars when I was in college. And uh, I had a guy who lived in my fraternity house who I, I was the only guy at the time. I'd sit in my on the porch and I'd smoke a cigar every day. And one of the guys in the house, he finally comes up to me and goes, oh, uh, Senator, you're a cigar smoker too. And I said, yeah. And I was like, well, what do you smoke? And he's like, oh, my favorite cigar is the Acid Blondie. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and I just responded and I said, you're not no. a cigar smoker. No. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, look. You're something I, else. Yeah, I just, this is where I'm coming from. I'm a purist. We, we, we had a great, I think it was our New Year's episode where we talked about we love this organic, pure nature about certain things like cigars. It's from the ground. It's unadulterated. It's all naturally aged and roll, hand-rolled, all of that. And I just hate the idea of putting these artificial flavors in these cigars and trying to make them like things that they actually don't taste like. And to me, it just, you know, if someone likes that, that's fine. I don't, I don't take anything away from that person. But as far as I'm concerned, I'll never consider that a real cigar that's been artificially doctored in some way. I love the beauty of even this Liga that we're smoking right now, this amalgamation of all these different flavors from seven different tobaccos that they've naturally sourced and made some magic out of. That's what I really appreciate. If I sat you down in a conference room and pulled up an investor deck and said to you, Senator, here's the market. Here are, the, here are the consumers in this market, and I've done some market research, and it says that the market opportunity with with some of these flavored cigars that we can have as a uh, put under our brand that won't hurt our premium cigars, 
based on the research and we can make millions and millions and millions of fucking dollars, you would say, sounds like a really good idea. Totally. That, that's where I'm not just under, <laughs> I mean, understand. Like, we're coming at this from different angles, right? You're talking about this from a business standpoint. Yeah. Of course, I agree with that. I'm talking about as a consumer. That's all I'm saying. As a consumer of cigars, sure. To me, I I, I don't. I find them offensive as a cigar right. smoker. Like saying. for me, for <laughs> my palate, absolutely. I, I find true. I would never smoke one uh, unless I was on the desert island. It's very true. And, and yeah. then I maybe even wouldn't. Yeah. But that's there, not the point. The point is, is that it's genius. It speaks to, it's 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 genius. He captured that market. You got to give the respect. You gotta give the guy respect. Look, a bunch for of being us creative. That's cr that's a that's a creative business mind at work. A few of us in this room own companies. We're totally on board with that. And I totally agree. But just one quick note on what Senator said: it's so fucking hard to make a cigar taste good because you're using only natural organic materials. Right. The artistry, the craftsmanship, it's to be appreciated, right? And if the listeners are listening to this, you know, the whole point of this podcast. Uh, one of one point is to educate and to make aware of the fact that these things are not easy to make and the better quality of the cigar, the harder it is to produce. So I, I'll make one more closing comment on acid because we're not reviewing the acid cigar. No, we're not. But the, the reality is you can't equate. Technically you can't equate an acid cigar to a Philly blunt or a backwoods. Because, totally agree. Because the acid is actually made like any other cigar it's hand rolled, touched 200 different hands. It's, it's actually aged a little bit and it's rolled by premium cigar rollers and it's a real cigar. And has, aside from the infusion, which is a trade secret that he has, aside from that, however the fuck he does that, it, it could very well be, a, you know, just a, another nominal, you know, run of the mill, you know, light, medium cigar, who knows. But it is, it's still a premium handmade cigar. It's, you can't equate that to the argument of people who are saying, you know, cigars and flavored cigars, they're just, you put them in the same, put them in the same lineup as cigarettes because you can't, I mean, you can't, you can, you can do that maybe for yeah. Philly blunts that are, you know, they're or backwards, they're backwards. You know, they're not even, it's not even full leaf tobacco. Right. And it's, it's not handmade. And they're it's machine roll. And you can buy them in a gas station. And you can buy them in a gas station. That to me, you can't so, buy these cigars, acid or any. You you buy Philly Blunts and those other, you know, machine made cigars in gas stations. I've, I've seen acid and CAO in some gas stations. Sorry. Well, they're premium gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna just about to say that. I'll take you to one that I know and I'll show you firsthand. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you could buy like marijuana paraphernalia and, and an acid in a, in a, in a shell station. But um, but this is good. The, and, and this bourbon. Yeah, let's um, talk about the bourbon. The bourbon uh, is really good. Eagle and, and rare. Really eagle rare. Huh? Yeah, made by Buffalo Trace. Is somebody in this room masterfully pairing scotches with some of these cigars? Because this goes great with this, with this bourbon, this particular stick. Senator paired it up. It's really nice. It's or so. No, no, it's, it's. This was a gizmo pairing. Oh, it was. Yeah. What the heck? I I I've loved this bourbon for a long time. It's hard to find. So when I when I do find it, um, I pick it up. It's not expensive. You know, you can get it for you know fifty fifty five bucks. But isn't it hard to find? Right? It's it is. Rare. It's very it is, hard. It's really hard. And to your point, it, it's it's gotten harder over the years because years ago, my my brother in law he loves bourbon, and so. Um, I think it was right when he had probably graduated college years ago. I had gotten him a bottle of Eagle Rare, and it wasn't hard to find. It was maybe 45 bucks. Found it at a liquor store in Manhattan. And I, I was recently at a bourbon tasting, and I was trying to bring a bottle, and I had looked for Eagle Rare. I can't, could not find this anywhere within 50 miles yeah. of where we live. So I'm not sure what's happened, but tell us a little bit about oh. it. So, you know, it's been, it's, it's one of the most popular bourbons that Buffalo Trace makes. So obviously we know Buffalo Trace, you know, and some of their other brands. I think they make Basil Hayden's and some of the others as well. But Eagle Rare, you know, they've been making it since 1975 in Frankfort, Kentucky, right? In the good old, this is our first U.S. Uh, pairing, by the way. I is think other really? than wine. I think we did wine from California, but we haven't done a, uh, a whiskey of any sort uh, from the United States. So this is our first one. A whiskey with an E. Wh whiskey with an E. Uh, but yeah, it's it's 10-year aged, and it's really, really good bourbon. So I want to say the thing that turned me on to Eagle Rare when I first had it, 
if you look at almost any bourbon bottle that you can buy in a liquor store at a reasonable price, right? I'm not talking about some crazy expensive bottle. There's no age statement on it. It's, it's, you know, bourbon of varying years that they've aged and blended. And what turned me on to Eagle Rare, it's the only regular production bottle of bourbon that I have seen with an age statement. And it guarantees on there that it's minimum 10 years age. And I was intrigued by that because as a, as a scotch drinker, I'm used to, you know, buying something that I know exactly how long that's been aged before, you know, I'm going to consume it. And when I tried it, I was impressed with for a bourbon, I found it to be pretty smooth, uh, a fairly complex flavor, uh, flavor profile. I, I, I actually liked it and I haven't had it in a few years now. So I'm glad that Gizmo had a bottle of this. It's very good. It's, it's purpose, you know, it's purposefully uh, uh, scarce by design. You know, they're never going to reach the, the, you know, the supply demand, I guess you call it equilibrium. They're always going to, you know, hold it back because they really want to drive the the rarity on it but I'm with that being said I'm I'm surprised that they don't jack the price up on it because they don't I was about to ask you what is the price It's it's 30 MSRP from what I understand but you're going to find it for 50 55 that's where that's right. what you're going to find the, it right because of the demand on it the so demand. so there's an interesting documentary on on Netflix called Pappygate I don't know if you guys have watched this No I never so, heard of it So Pap so Pappy Van Winkle is that we it, all know. It, what we all yeah, know yeah. is made by Buffalo Trace. Uh, this is it's it's like the original bourbon, uh, and 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 that. So, <laughs> it's a very interesting documentary. And for the listener and everyone in the room, I'd recommend that you just watch it because it's fascinating. Because what ended up happening was the workers at Buffalo Trace, as the business evolved, which is a family business. As it evolved over time, workers were stealing bottles because their inventory management process was not, you know, good and the business was based on trust. We're stealing literally like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bottles and I think even barrels to my recollection of wow aged pappy van winkle then these have age statements on them uh, uh, so this is a premium very desirable and then selling them uh locally in kentucky and uh and this would by the way this was a huge uh investigation people went to jail um and there's this whole uh mystique about pappy van winkle that captures uh, bourbon drinkers imagination um uh and then this anonymous tip eventually led the uh the franklin county sheriff um uh to the home of 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 one of the workers there and they found five barrels i think in his home um and they were selling this locally in kentucky so there was a whole little there was a whole uh i recommend watching the documentary because it gives you insight into what happened at buffalo trace and some of the like some of the overhauls they had to make, the family was hurt by this whole scandal. Um, but at the end of the day, they were so focused on making quality product and be and treating their employees properly. But I think some of the economic um, factors uh, in Kentucky, and then you know, opportunity means opportunity. Uh, you throw in a little bit of motive based on that and people, you know, broke, broke some laws and knew what was going on. And then, and it went on for years, years and years. Um, and a lot of people went to jail. So um, anyway, it's, 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 it's a pretty cool show. I recommend watching. I'll Pappy definitely Gate watch on it. Netflix. The, the fast thing, it, it wasn't just Pappy. They were taking everything. Oh, they were taking everything. They were taking yeah. everything. And, and the other, I mean, it, they, so at the time, I don't know if they still do this, but, it started because you give a little and then you give a little more and then people take a lot and you, yeah you that's keep, right so that's so they happens. so they yeah. they there was a, a, i don't know maybe i i am recollecting incorrectly here but i believe there was a tradition of like people on the line taking taking product home and it yep. was and it was known right yep. it was and it was known by the distiller it's known by buffalo trace and they were more than happy to have their people imbibe and share in their product because that's just the culture 
but they were, you know, to your point, there were some greed, you know, ki- greed kicked in. Yeah. I, you know, the, the funny thing is I think at first the guy, he wasn't selling it. He was just like, he was just taking a lot of it and just gets getting hammered. You know, I think <laughs> at first, I think he, I don't think he was actually, you know, trying to sell, but then it got out of hand and, and he, he, you know, he was at, you know, he was at local parties with big wigs and they said, Oh, I heard you have a barrel of this. And, That's right. And it, and then it became like, Oh, I'll give you X amount of dollars for that. And then he's like, shit, I can do something with this. That's exactly right. It was like the slow, it's very interesting. That's coming back to me now because the, the there was the slow burn um, that started to happen where it was like, Oh, I have access to Pappy Van Wint. You know, I have access to some Pappy and you'd have some people over and then like word spread that that this was available. You've got thoroughbred racing that's happening all around there. You know, there are people coming in and out of Kentucky, high net worth people. And it was like, oh, you can get me a bottle. Oh, I'll share a little bit. And he was sharing it and sharing it. And then it was like, oh, I'll give you $500 for this. And it wasn't like in the documentary, if I'm remembering cor- correctly, it was almost like he did it and he made like, five six thousand dollars or something and was able to get extra christmas presents for his kids and then it just kind of snowballed it wasn't like he made millions this guy but there was a lot but there's so little pappy van winkle that they actually produce that that really ate into um the business uh and hurt the brand over time and it's stealing yeah of course it's theft does anyone do you like pappy by the way, is anyone here? I've, never, I've had it. I've never had it. I've had it. I've, had, I've heard mixed reviews. Never had it. Never had it. Definitely heard mixed reviews. You got to get over that. You've got to, you, you, you know, the mystique and you see the bottle. And, and the price. And, and the price. <laughs> yeah. I've never paid for it. I mean, there I mean, are bottles that go in the thousands. 15,000 yeah. I've heard. So I'm seeing here that uh, I didn't know this, but they also make an Eagle Rare 17-year-old and what they call a double Eagle Very Rare. Which I'm assuming is just impossible to find, but I mean, eagle, I, eagle doble. <laughs> I, I'm just the scale of Buffalo Trace is is unbelievable because you just I, I I still am stunned that this has a 10 year age statement on it and it's only you're telling me the MSRP is essentially yeah, forty dollars. Yeah, it's thirty bucks. Thirty dollars, and even at fifty dollars, it feels like a steal because you think of other bourbons that actually have age statements, like a famous 10 year bourbon is Michter's 10 year. It's like a great gift. If you know someone who loves bourbon, you want to get a really nice gift. Michter's 10 is like the gold standard. And that's like a four or $500 bottle of bourbon. Wow. How on earth this has a 10-year age statement as a bourbon and is going for the price it is, I, I don't even understand it. It's, it's crazy. And the other thing that I, f- I find really interesting about this bourbon, I mean, a lot of bourbons are, are lower proof, but it's only a 40, uh, 45% 90-proof bourbon i would have thought it would be more but i looked at the bottle it's only uh, it's only 90 proof yeah it's very smooth yeah maybe it's very smooth yeah. it's tasty it's very speaking smooth. of tasty this cigar we're about halfway through now yep. i'm really I, enjoying this i have yeah. to say the flavor has it's definitely picked changed up. it's changed i'm getting molasses and cocoa this this is really delicious it's like a meal it's a big smoke. So I've got a I'm question. Up, question you. for all of you guys here. Would you pick this up and keep it in your humidors? Yes. Really? Yes, I okay. would. I, I would definitely, I could definitely slot this in into my new world kind of outdoor smoke, like a put, you know, in that Padron slot. You know, I like some tatouages as well. But uh, this, uh, this is really nice. That's great. I'll say it's too early for me to decide just because the last third is what's really going to be telling for me with this cigar. If it, lives up to what it has so far, then I'll know. And the but, real real estate in your in your humidor is very limited. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean exactly. We've only we've all got full tower <laughs> humidors. There's only there's only so much space. But what I what I do like about this cigar, this slot this could potentially slot in for me after a big meal, something that's gonna hold up. This is exactly the kind of cigar, you know, where I would normally slot in like a full flavored padrone after a big heavy meal. This has that body that would definitely satisfy me. So I was going to go there next. How would you compare this to some of the other full-body cigars that we like? Like the Exclusivo as an example. It's a full-body stick. I think it's rich. It, I think it's richer in flavor. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's buttery. 
<laughs> so, I agree. It like coats your mouth. Yeah. It, 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 it's on, you know, mm. it's on your lips. It's, You're it's definitely oily. gift me one of these, Ben. <laughs> Anytime. I just gifted you one today. <laughs> he did. I'm, I'm surprised, by the way, to hear Rooster say that. What well, pleasantly, I mean, obviously knowing Rooster's pout and what he's smoking a lot, I mean, um, I'm kind of surprised. I would have lost my bet. I have never seen <laughs> Rooster smoke a Liga Pravada ever. I've known you for a, a while now. I've had, I've had, had a couple them. of these. In the past, yeah. 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 Me but too. The, this is really good. Yeah. And it's very media. It's, it's, a full, it's a full cigar. Do you think we you get caught up in pursuing the elite cigars to the point where we overlook a lot of these new worlds? Well, but to this me, is an elite know. cigar. It's a, oh, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. But, but I, we, I do we tend Bam's, to overlook the new world category? I, I think to yes. Bam's point, I mean, question. you know, I, I, I'm willing to admit, right, of new world cigars, I, I smoke Padron and Davidoff. And I try other things, but there's really nothing I keep a significant stock of in my tower other than those two new world brands. And Liga as a brand, I, I've certainly overlooked. I, I mean, I've tried their stuff, but I've never bought a box of Ligas. I've never bought more than a single of a Liga and this is definitely opening up my mind to um, trying some more of what they make because I'm, I'm really enjoying this so far. Yeah, it would be nice to have a few of these in your humidor. Like the senator said, you know, after a nice meal, big meal, end of the night as your last, last stick, you want something with a lot of flavor. This is definitely a meaty cigar. It's, uh, it's rich. And it's got, uh, you know, it's got great burn. I mean, it's look at the smoke output on this. I mean, I think it's definitely, uh, it's good to have a couple. So give, gift me a five pack instead. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember that. Not a single. I'll remember that. My, my test on like strength is the retrohale. And on, my retrohale on this thing is like making me, I, it's too much. Not I'm too afraid much. to retrohale it's like, it's like, uh, on this stick. I am. It's, it's heavy. It's making me sneeze. It's like a... I don't know. It's it's got a lot of it's My got a lot of bite. My eyes are like burning from the smoke in here. I know. I know. <laughs> I, to piggyback on what Senator was saying, I mean, you know, this is kind of make you know, as we're doing this podcast, we're we're exploring stuff that we don't regularly smoke in our regular rotations, and it's this is definitely making me more optimistic about what's to come from the new world that we haven't tried. That's because because kind of where I'm going. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I just change is, is I'm not a guy that likes change. I like the group of people I hang out with. I like the things I do. I don't search for other things often. And the podcast is certainly forcing us to do that. And this is really making me look forward to, to what's coming. They're not, they're not all going to be hits like this. We're not going to have conversations about cigars we haven't smoked like this. But I'm kind of like feeling good about, you know, what's coming. Well, I also want to talk about something that Liga does that I, I think I discovered during the pandemic. I'm not sure if guys are familiar with. So... Liga Pravada has this like Liga Pravada club. It's like a cigar club. Is anyone familiar with this? Yes. So I couldn't believe this. When, when the pandemic hit, I remember, I mean, it just, we're just desperate to find anything interesting to do, consume our time when it's early in the pandemic. And so I'm just trying to find, you know, new cigars, things I'm not familiar with. And I remember going into a tobacco shop and I see these cigars with these really odd bands. One literally looked like an iced coffee on the band. Another had something else, an iced coffee one. It was actually called the, it was a Liga Thai Tea. Uh, they, they basically, they have this cigar club where you can sign up. And I like the whole idea of this. I never signed up because I wasn't a Liga guy. I mean, this is probably the second Liga cigar I'm smoking my entire life. And they have this cigar club that they've created where they send you every month a different cigar. And it's all these limited production, limited release cigars. It's not there. You're not going to get a league of nine. It's going to be something that they're just going to put out once and that's going to be it. And I like the idea of the, the community around that. I mean, I think that's part of the reason that we're doing this podcast and what the lizards are about, right? We want to bring people into this hobby that we're so passionate about. And I really respect, I've always said in the back of my mind, I wish that some of the cigar brands that I love did something like this. I mean, how amazing would it be? every month to get a different Padron. I mean, we'd sign up tomorrow for something like no that. No doubt about it. You know, if Davidoff no did doubt. something like that, oh, no doubt. I think we'd all sign up. So I have to give Liga a lot of credit in that. I thought it was a really clever idea. And the following that they have built through this is so intense. So there are some cigars, like I said, they'll ship out monthly and others that they'll drop with a limited release on a certain date. And the reason I remember this is because that Thai tea I was talking about 
This was 2020 New Year's Eve. They dropped it at select retailers. And I'm just reading online like people on forums and on social media are flocking to tobacconists trying to get their hands on this cigar. They only released a very limited number of them. And I just thought the whole concept was fascinating. So I hope other cigar brands will start doing things like that. I think it would be really fun for a lot of us. I think it'd be great. To me, you know, this the Liga Pravada means private blend, right? So I guess when they started blending these things, this specific cigar, the Liga 9, was made for the CEO of, of Drew Estate. Not Jonathan Drew, a guy named Steve Saka, right? So they made this for him, and I guess him and the people that worked there loved it so much. I'm sure they fed it through the club. People freaked out, and that's why it became a regular release. But to, to Senator's point, I, I wish more brands would do this. The gentleman's name again was what, Steven? I think Steve it's Steve Saka. Saka. I, read, I read something earlier today, and he said, and I'll quote it if I can find it, I wanted to make a cigar that I was proud to hand to other people in the industry. And that's what this, the, this, the origin of this cigar is. Isn't he the cigar. foundation guy, Steve Saka? No, that's uh, Nick Malila. Steve Saka sounds familiar. I don't know what else he blended. The, um, the other fascinating thing about Drew Estates this, this cigar, they used to give the cigar to the guys and gals who rolled the cigars. As they were rolling the cigars, they'd be smoking them. And they were so good, and they, it got so hot. Like, the market for this got, just kind of blew up that they said, we, we can't give you guys these cigars anymore because <laughs> they're smoking these cigars as they're rolling them. And it's inventory that's going out, you know, going out the door, frankly. And it's, a premium, it's their premium blend. Right. So there's lost revenue there. Right. And it was because it's a premium price, it could be significant. And they were smoking a lot of them. And what they did was like, okay, we'll make a new blend with the same wrapper, but a different blend. And it's going to be priced a little lower. And that's the Undercrown. So they make the Undercrown. The Undercrown was like, this is a really great cigar. Have this. And then they started smoking this cigar. And it's like, God damn, this is just as good. Mm -hmm. Not just it's probably a little less. It's a little less expensive. Yeah. Yep. And a good stick, yeah. So, and then and then they then they said, okay, this is actually a great stick. Also, let's market this thing, and they did. And and that I think the Undercrown, we, you know, it's not as premium as, as Liga Pravada by any crown. I I think it's a good cigar. It's like a that, cousin. Yeah, it is. It, it it's, is it's exactly. Like a, it's like it's a, a younger cousin. It. It's yeah. a younger cousin, and yeah. they offer it. They not only offer it in. They offer uh, a shade, a sun grown, and a Maduro in the Undercrown series. So you can kind of kind of work your way up as you develop your palate and um and 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 this is getting creamier this yeah, is definitely I, getting creamier. one interesting thing about the, the demand on this particular cigar I'm, kind, I'm really happy that we're reviewing it because a lot of people love it i went to three different establishments today i think i talked about it earlier impossible to find the first establishment i went to i said do you guys have the liga number nine and they laughed at me out loud they laughed and they said they haven't had it for weeks and they're not going to get it for months wow yeah, I found it at the third place and not the one we were looking for. This particular size is what they had, hmm. the Toro. Right. So, Bam, to your point on scarcity with this cigar, I mean, obviously we're seeing it industry-wide. I mean, New World, Old World. I mean, Cuba, we obviously understand why. COVID, they had a lot of shutdowns there, a lot of problems. Everywhere it did, but we're seeing it with Padron. We're seeing it with, obviously, this cigar. You're saying you went to three shops today, couldn't find it. Like, what is going on with the scarcity? I, I, I was really surprised because I saw Padron at every shop I went to, but I was surprised that they made that statement about this particular cigar. So it was re really surprising. Th there's a reason for that. Just in, in doing some reading on this, because I, I, I'm fascinated. I've pre-COVID seen in, in different tobacco shops and retailers that there hasn't been a lot of these. There's like one size of it available or they're completely sold out. And now I'm understanding why. What this says here... There are only four pairs within the Liga factory that are certified to produce the number nine. Each pair is allowed to make only 250 cigars per day. Wow. That's it. It says the cigars are then aged a full year before offered for sale, very limited production. So they're not pumping out a lot of these cigars. And then you factor in, right, cigar demand has increased during COVID. That's why it's hard to find these. These I'm are not, I always, for whatever reason in my head, I think because of the whole Drew Estates and they have all these different brands and lines, I assume that it was just this giant mass-produced operation. And what I'm seeing, at least for some cigars like the, the Liga 9, 
that's not at all the case. It's smaller production. But I think that's a good sign too, as far as quality. I mean, they're they're clearly focused on that. Like Padron, apparently there's one woman, one <laughs> roller that rolls the 80th. That's all she rolls, and she's the only one that does it. When she misses a day, there's no 80th anniversary, you know, cigars rolled that day. So it it that that is a good sign to wow, me. And I... obviously, if the undercrown is something that they're pumping out a lot more. Can I That's just a good say, thing. it's actually very funny that you you mentioned that, that there's one woman that makes that because just the other day I saw this video, I forget what it was, what website, it might have been CA, uh, where they went inside of the Padron, not the, I don't think it was the Miami place, maybe it was the place in Nicaragua where they're rolling these. And it's this big room, and in the front of the room there's maybe four rows, all of them are sitting at tables next to each other, and it's all women that are rolling the cigars. And I found it fascinating because I feel like there's not really a story told about like women in the cigar business. And it was amazing to me. And the, the guy commentating and he's with, I guess, Jorge Padron is talking about how only women basically roll. And then behind them, there may be four more rows of men who box. And it was just, I, I just never knew that. I, I, for some reason you associate, obviously there are, there are plenty of men and women cigar smokers, but the role that women play rolling and, and within the business is, it's, it's amazing. No, pun, no pun intended on the role. Yeah. The double it's still role. a very interesting fact. I had no idea. I, you know, and, and when we have Jorge Padron on at some point, I'm, I, I definitely want to ask him about that because I've heard, you know, obviously that's, a, that's something I heard. Is, it's an anecdote I heard from somebody. But I'm curious if that's true and, and, and what. Uh, do, do we know, um, the, do we know the, the various sizes or Vitolas that, that this that is they available make. in? It's in the Robusto, Corona Vita, um, double, the Toro, of course. Double Corona. Not a double Toro. Um, it comes in that, what, what would you call the shape the flying pig is? That I don't even know flying what you pig. would yeah, call it. It is yeah. a shape. I mean, it's, it's that's the shape. name of the shape. Is that right? It's okay. shape. I mean, it's, it's fabulous it's in that shape, by the way. It's, a, it's, it's so, like a 58 it's like, gauge and it's like this it's, like it's a little football long, it's long. fun to smoke that cigar yeah this there, there's, there's a, a lot of shapes I, actually I, yeah, wow yeah. a lot so really? we're obviously smoking the toro there's the robusto bam mentioned yeah. corona vita is the there's, most popular uh they call it the flying pig perfecto yeah the corona vita uh, viva bam mentioned right a double corona a bellicoso and they even have what they call coronets, which are cigarillos of this. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Is that right? Wow. Hmm. So, oh, and sorry. There's a Lancero. Oh, my What's God. The, but it's a short Lancero. They call it a short Panatella, and they say Lancero slash Panatella. What's the, what are the dimensions in that Corona? Viva? Viva. It's 46 six, by something, right? Yeah, uh, 6 by 46. Interesting. So you mentioned... It's aged one year before it's sent out. There's got to be more age on this thing than it's 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 well, definitely aged in the Polonies. Aged in the rolled the cigar. Right? Yeah, pre aged. So they, they yeah, I, I just it in saw, the warehouse. I saw it was one. The, uh, I saw it was one year. That's all. One I One year, and the wrapper it says is fermented for eighteen months. There you go. Hmm. Okay, so then, so then it's aged two and a half years. Yeah, right. See, I'll That's be honest. Then the tobaccos are also aged probably. Yeah. Before they even blend them. Exactly. Yeah. The, by the way, the accidental pairing with this Eagle Rare Bourbon, complete accident, but it, it, it really is pairing perfectly. That goes back to what I said 10 minutes ago. Who came up with the pairing? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was, was an a, accident. It, now, the last home run that we had with the last cigar and pairing was spectacular, and this pairs beautifully with this particular cigar. Yeah, the, the, only, the only thing I had suggested here, and, and I think this is instructive just as you're trying to pair things generally with a cigar, I know the Liga 9 is a full-flavored smoke. And so to me, a bourbon actually would hold up really well with that, something with more body and structure to it. And, you know, it's a higher proof, right? Like a lot of, there are scotches that are just 40%. This is, you said, 45. Most bourbons are 45, 48%. So just something with the body to hold up to a full-flavored And I think cigar. the sweetness, I think the I sweetness was about to really, say that. I was about really to say pairs that. Well with Do this. you think a sweeter... Uh, spirit goes well with a robust uh, cigar like this. Maybe like a. Rum. Do you have to have a, a rum? Does it work? A yeah, rum could, could be work a rum very too. Well. I think with any Maduro or just you know dark wrap, dark sweet wrapper like this, lends itself well to something like that. Sure. Yeah. I asked about the absolutely. I agree. I asked about the sizes because it is a full-bodied cigar, and I guess before we we, we get to rate this. Like I could 
see myself smoking this um, in Robusto. And so really, a little shorter. Yeah, and really, really liking it. Like, we're in the last third. We've smoked the – we're basically at the end now. I'm, I feel like, um, for me personally, like, it's not like it was I – didn't, I, I didn't enjoy it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, actually. Uh, but for me, I could see this in a Robusto format where it delivers like a lot of a, a lot of flavor and it's actually power wise it's not as like quote unquote i would say powerful i know I'm some if i'm jumping through a review too quickly no but you're not but 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 it like it doesn't like it doesn't i don't feel lightheaded i don't it's feel, not giving you the jitters it's not giving no, you the no, jitters no it's just a lot of it's a lot of cigar um, to use a phrase that you say often, I think this is a very approachable cigar, in in its flavor and its strength. For for an experienced for an smoker. experienced smoker, I, I don't think I was about. Honestly, I, I would not call this approachable. Really, and I, I say so. For me, approachable is a cigar that you could give to almost anyone on the spectrum that smokes cigars. And and to me, this cigar, and it's not a criticism of it, it's just trying to pair it with the right cigar smoker. I think this is for someone who either smokes a lot of cigars and so is just used to you know, a lot of flavor in a given day or someone who really maybe just smokes one cigar a day or a week, but likes a really full flavored cigar. And I think that's who would like this. But if you smoke, you know, a Connecticut shade cigar regularly, I think you're not, this is not. In your but I, I guess the reason why I say it's, oh, it's not, it's I guess the reason why I say approachable is just because it's so smooth in what it's delivering. Like it, it is a smooth cigar. It's really it doesn't really, make really it, nice. you know. It doesn't make you dizzy, right? It doesn't make your stomach no. hurt like no. a lot of the other cigars would in the new world, right? But I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised that you, Puba, like the cigar, and I'm saying that from the perspective of a listener, because a lot of listeners aren't at the point. I'm not going to say all of them, but most they're not buying elite level cigars. So for this group to love this cigar or enjoy it tonight. I think well, it, I'm an old world guy. I, oh, totally. We so, we know that. We you know, know that. But 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 I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And I'd say you know keep an open mind if you're if to, as a change of pace. So for me personally, I'd love it. I would I would if I could find this in Robusto, I'd buy a box. I'm getting you a box. Thank I, you. I, that's I on record. By accept. the way, that's on record, Puba. So but we're I have flying to, pig. But I'll split it with you, though. <laughs> seven ways. Du, and du, I'll du, take six sevenths of it. Duly noted in the minutes. Done. <laughs> done. Um, so I think I so, think anybody who smokes a Padron cigar would love this. Cigar. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Now, I'm going to make a controversial uh, a, a question. I'm going to ask a controversial. Okay. Right, so, you know, we have, as this group, accused a lot of cigar makers pursuing the type of and quality of a Padron. They're very similar, but we don't smoke them because what the fuck is the point of smoking that cigar when we can have an Exclusivo? Now, we're smoking this particular stick. We, we don't, just to clarify, we don't smoke them because they're not similar. They're trying to, they're trying to that, be, but they're not similar. Right. How do you, where would you put this particular cigar that you have in your hand? And how do you compare that to a Padron? Let's talk about that for a second. Well, I don't look. I, I think all these brands are their own brands. So I don't. I don't, I don't know that we were comparing compare. them as the. You know, not. They're intentionally not the same. They're they're a distinct brand for a reason. But I think you know Rooster's point. I very much agree with. Where if you like a very flavorful cigar, which is what a Padron delivers, then you're gonna like it's, a Liga it, Nine. Yeah, I, I'd like. So, I appreciate what you're saying, Bam. But 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 what I would argue is that Padrones are Nicaraguan puros. And it's a puro, so you're getting a different, very true. a very different experience. This is a, this is a Drew Estates uh, creative blend that's delivering something that's all of its own. Where if you look at if you look at the, you know, it's just I think I don't think it's apples to apples. I don't think it's fair to compare. Okay. To confer a Nicaraguan yep. puro to this in any way, I think I think the the one thing I'll say about what they're trying to do here, or whatever anybody's trying to do, I like the art of what they're doing in in creating these blends and really trying a lot of different things and trying to find something that sticks. And I think they've found it here. I do too. Great. I do. Yeah, too. And, Agreed. And I think Agreed. the last thing I'll say, you know, I hate creativity for creativity's sake. I always worry when whether it's cigars, whiskey, just about anything when. There's this crazy new thing that's created. 
usually I look at it and I say, well, that's probably a marketing gimmick. And what I really give Drew Estate credit for is this is not a marketing gimmick. This is actually a really well done creative blend and makes me want to experiment with some of the other stuff that they make. So I, I, I say that as a skeptic, usually of, of things that are, are trying to be extraordinarily creative, because I think sometimes it's, it's for the wrong purpose. And I think here it served them really Perfectly well. Perfectly stated. So I, I think this, I really, I really enjoy the cigar. Um, and it, it, it'll come, you'll see evidence in that in, in my rating, at least. The, um, the thing I like about the cigar, and I would, I would argue, not argue, but I would say that I could, I could definitely smoke this to the end and, and not feel overwhelmed if I smoke it lightly. Slowly. If I smoke it slowly, I smoke it lightly, I let that billow take its time because it, it's a hefty cigar and it carries its fucking weight and it does it through the whole time. And it's, I'm at you know, the last third. It's transformed a little bit, but now it's just, it's even smoother. It's more chocolatey. It's more mellow. And I can smoke it for an hour and 20 minutes and enjoy every one of it. And I'll, and I'll smoke it like I drink a scotch. I'm, you know, I'll, I could smoke it for the whole time and I'll have two scotches and, and I'll call it a day. Whereas other cigars, I might have two or three of them and, and be in the same time span, time span. You know, I think this is, for me, this is a cigar that I can I, really enjoy. From I, I think you're onto something there because I think that if you try to rush this and make it really hot, if you're pulling a lot on this, I think it's going to be a much different experience than we had tonight. If you're trying to stuff this in to 50 minutes under an hour, I think you're going to have a real struggle, you know, feeling like we do about it right now. I'm not sure what you're talking about because to note for the listener, Pagoda has about a half inch left and yeah. we're his, all in the last His fingers are burning right, right now. Exactly right. <laughs> I'll tell you, I really enjoyed the cigar and I, I think uh, towards the last one third, I got a burst of spiciness, which kind of faded away very quickly back to a little bit of the creaminess and the sweetness. I'm really, really enjoying the cigar and it's kind of uh, coming to an end. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it, I wish it, it could it, keep going. Yeah, it, it made me, it actually, um, you know that feeling you get when you smoke a cigar and it makes you feel good? Yeah. Like it makes you feel, you get that kind of like that jolt. It, it wasn't like a nicotine rush, but it was just, it's just enough. I felt really good smoking this. So um, I think it's very, it's very satisfying. Wow. Yeah, it's very satisfying. I got to say, wow. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. I'm very happy. Well about done, it. Bam. Wow. I just bought it. All right, are you guys, uh, are we ready to give it the formal lizard rating? What do we think? Let's do it. Everybody ready? All right, Brewster, you're up. A lot of flavor on this stick. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I think we're going to give it a nine. Wow. Whoa. Wow. wow. Brewster nine. Is that oh, a high first, nine? First, that is first New World cigar. Elite wow. rating. That is an elite, elite score. Wow. I'll be honest, well, I'm, I'm I could do I'm an 8.5, I would, but I think that's nine. <laughs> Only right. rookie scores yeah, here. That's great. All right, Puba, go. Uh, for me, it's an eight. Um, I, I think uh, for my palate, I would have enjoyed it. I, I, I think the full experience for me in a in a uh, in robusto would probably be enough, and maybe the rating would be higher. But for me, it's an eight. Very okay. good, highly recommend it. Really liked it. I am in the same exact category, and you know, to mimic your thoughts, this is an eight for me. Very happy with it. I I definitely will get a few of these and put them in my humidor, and uh, in the summer I. Definitely expect to smoke a lot of these, but to your point, in Robusto probably or Corona, Senator. So I, I'm in a similar camp as as the last two lizards in that. I would also give this an eight for my palate, in the sense that, you know, as I'm smoking this cigar, the reason I, I think I I would compare this to a, a Padron 90th, not that the flavor is the same and by any stretch the flavor notes that you get, but that it just delivers a full flavored experience in a smooth, non-aggressive way that's just going to, you know, hit you over the head with nicotine. Um, but for what I seek, I, you know, it's rare that I say that a cigar almost has too much flavor for my palate. And in this size, this is a little bit more than I want out of a cigar. And so I would pick this up again in a Robusto, but would it make it into my everyday rotation? No, only because I smoke a lot of cigars in a sitting, and I, if I had just one of these Toros, I'd probably be done 
that that would be it. And and I want to try a number of things in a night. So I know, you know, we joked that Rooster, you know, a breakfast cigar for him is Bedrow 90th, and he could probably light this up for breakfast. But for me, who smokes in quantity, um, it, it wouldn't make it into my everyday rotation. But every now and then, I absolutely would smoke this again. So it's a strong eight. So that is the reason why I gave it a nine, because all the points that you made, because sometimes I only smoke one cigar in a day. and, mm-hmm. and I would Oh, that's one, true. Right? That is that's true. Point. And the second point about comparing it to a Padron 90th, which is my, you know, I smoke a lot of those. So this is very similar to that. And I think it's it's to me it's like a like a late hour too, which which is another cigar that I would smoke just one cigar if I was just gonna have one stick, I would do that. This is a tough one for me because I don't know. Uh, I prefer the double Corona for some reason, and uh, I've been debating whether it's an eight or a nine. Uh, but um, you know, con- considering that I, I'm the first one to uh, kind of finish this, uh, really enjoyed. Every moment of it, uh, I think I'll rate it a nine. My man. Grinder. Wow. <laughs> I'm a nine. Nine. Wow. Excellent. Oh, my God. Bam, bam. No pressure, uh, bam. No, I'm at an eight. A solid eight. You know, I've had this I had this for years. Lo- I've always loved this cigar, but I never, you know, I, I've learned many things about cigars with you guys around me. But um, I'm very pleasantly surprised at this rating. It's quite an elite score. This is what happens when Senator doesn't do the math. Yeah, I'm fucked. I fucked this up real good. Why, why, do you ha- why do you have the eight, producer eight, doing the math? Can you have, I did it. I he did started it. before. Can you I have can Ivy League do the math? Yeah, yeah. I need I need Harvard you math. Got three, here. Three, 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 nine, nine, now I'm, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna need to check the math. Okay, here we go. I did it. Grinder, grinder, please take over. I did it as soon as we finished. Twenty-four plus twenty-seven. Eight point four three. Oh, here he goes with this. That is Georgetown in his head. All right, so the composite lizard score is an 8.4. I am completely shocked. I am too. That this cigar delivered what it did tonight and and that the lizards enjoyed it to the degree that we did. I'm, I'm yeah. really, really surprised. Shocked. I'm too because we, I mean, I never really see guys picking this up now. I mean, I know Bam said he used to smoke a number of these and, you know, um, Grinder and some others have obviously had this before, but. I think all of us would smoke this again, and uh, I'm glad. You know, thank you for sourcing these. I'm sure. glad we tried this. Yeah, sure. I'm, sure. I'm glad thank you found you, it, Bam. I know it was tough today. Yeah, you know, um, we talked about cigar selections a week ago. When we were texting each other, and this is an obvious one to try. Yeah, very good thank one, you, Bam. Yeah, well done, yep. Bam. Thank yep. you. And and again, the pairing with this was really really nice. Wonderful guys. pairing. Yeah, really really nice. Good thing you had this, uh, Giz, because the Eagle Rare is not easy to find. Yeah, I, I've had this for a while. I'm glad I had by a bottle the, when it came By the way, up. it pairs fantastic with a non-alcoholic Brooklyn Lager. Too. <laughs> 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 I had to throw that in there. All right, boys, an 8.4 for the Liga number nine in Toro, and uh, we'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>